And we're back with Region 4. Um, we'll start off with the Bing Bongs, Ann Arbor. Uh, you know, with, uh, you know, they, you know, they're, they're a really solid team. You know, as long as they have Joshua Henley and Andrew Tucker, they are going to be very, very difficult to... Uh, How long are they allowed to have those guys, by the way? Because I see they're juniors, but it seems to me like they've been in the league for like 10 seasons. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't feel... Uh, <laughs> Oh my goodness! I I just we we just looked this up, but um, today Andrew Tucker tied uh, former big man Kale Brainerd as the top blocks man in uh, for career blocks in conference fifteen history <laughs> as a junior. Um, yeah, yeah, right, right. Wow. He has one full more year. Um, I, I was like, oh, that's crazy. So uh, Ann Arbor is. Um, number eight in assists, number three in blocks. Num- uh, Tucker's number one in game score. Um, they're number two in defensive free throws allowed. Um, number seven in defensive true shooting. Number three in true shooting margin. Number seven in offensive rebounds. So, yeah, they're pretty good. Um, <laughs> Owensboro, you know, they they made the NTT. They got that freshman class. They're not playing a crazy schedule, but their freshmen and sophomores are solid. Um Samuel Hawkins is the point guard, six assists, 14 points per game. Um, these guys are going to struggle. <laughs> you know, they're, they, it's, a, it's a really tough matchup. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a nice story that they, that they made it. Um, they're number six in turnovers, so they don't turn the ball over, I guess. Uh, and that's what they got going for them. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think it'll be challenging. I'm looking at Ann Arbor's schedule right now, and you probably know this all already from being in their conference, but, uh, you know, there were a couple of teams in particular that it seems like they struggled against. Uh, Jefferson Jefferson City is one. You know, Jefferson City beat them by 18 in their first matchup, played them tough in the second game, and then today Ann Arbor won by 13. But, you know, another was South Bend. Uh, South Bend beat them by three in the first game, and then Ann Arbor won by one in overtime uh, on Wednesday. So you, you know, know who else you made... struggled with was Dearborn. Go on, Dearborn. Well, I have a lot of respect for Dearborn. Uh, they beat us. Yeah, you're right. That's a three point win for Ann Arbor as well. So and then a two I mean, point I, win I... in overtime with two buzzer beaters by uh, Michael Dory. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, so here's the question: What do those teams have in common? You're the conference 15 expert. Is there anything, any lesson that you know, those trying to beat Ann Arbor can take from this? What what do they struggle with? I don't know. I mean, you know, Ann Arbor or Dearborn, you know, they, they really rely on their guards um, to score a lot of points. They, uh, I mean, I I don't know. I haven't been, <laughs> I, I haven't been as up to date as I have been in the past. South Bend's an interesting team. They give certain teams fits and other teams uh, blow by them. So I'm not, I'm not sure, but they are a great defensive team, uh, top to bottom. They're big, they're tall. Um, so I don't know. I mean, those things, I mean, and then Bobby shoots a ton of threes, you know? Yeah. Um, so those are a couple things, I think. Yeah. Okay. It's tough to say. I mean, cause yeah. on paper, on paper, this Ann Arbor team is very intriguing to me, even compared to last, you know, the recent ones, right? So that the Ann Arbor teams we're familiar with from the last few seasons are two awesome big guys, mm-hmm. Hemley and Tucker, who are still there, and yep. Baker, who scored 30 points a game, basically. And then, you know, a couple of blue guys, you know, Armstrong and Carter were there, and they could play good defense. 
uh, you know, so what they have now is a guy in Doherty who's like, you know, not as good of a scorer as Baker, yeah. but a more all around player. You know, he can defend. Baker yeah. was a liability on defense, came in on defense famously. He probably you turns know? it over a little more than um, Baker. But yeah, he's also a freshman. So it's, it's hard to turn it over when you just shoot every time you get the ball, you know? Yeah. So I don't think Baker turned it over very much for that reason. But you're but right. Jefferson City had six turnovers, Dearborn or South Benny had five, you know. Like, okay, so maybe that's a theme. Maybe that is an issue. And their opponent, Owensboro, if we're going to try to build a case for them, has a freshman point guard who has 2.2 steals per game. And per 30, it's actually even more, 2.3. So, you know, if Hawkins can harass Doherty and do a bunch of turnovers, maybe the game can be a little bit closer than we would think. Uh, and, you know, even in this game against Dearborn, the one that Ann Arbor won by three, uh, you say, oh, well, Owensboro is no shot because the big guys for Ann Arbor will just, you know, put up huge numbers. That actually happened in this Ann Arbor-Dearborn game. Henley had 32 and 18 on 15 for 19 shooting, and somehow they only won by three points. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a little weird. I, I would say, uh, despite the fact that they're a one seed and a very deserving one seed, and on paper to me they look once again like one of the very best teams, they have had some, some closer games than at least I remember them having in the past. Yeah, uh, I don't. You know, I don't hear them as much as I used to. Yeah. Okay. And is that because Baker's gone? Maybe. Um, you know, I don't. Yeah, Doherty's just a different. Pl- I mean, Baker was just. Whew. I mean, the yeah. guy got buckets. You know, like he. I mean, he. Could, yeah, he could just light it up. He. I mean, last year he averaged thirty points. You know, <laughs> so it. You know, it's a different story. I but. You know, it's you don't have to like, like your whole game plan was built around like how do you slow him down? You know, a little. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, you're right. So they're different. Um, I mean, looking at Owensboro, to be fair to them, they have a decent win. They beat an Arlington team that yep. we were both talking up a little bit. Uh, they have a close loss to Aspen, another good team, uh, and not a whole lot beyond that. So, I mean, you know, we probably shouldn't belabor this matchup. I, I think Ann Arbor will take care of it, yeah. but. You know, looking at looking at that big picture and how good you know each one seed is is I think a, a useful exercise as we go through these regions. Uh, yeah. And to me, the the returns on Ann Arbor are a little bit mixed right now. I, I could make a case for them as, as you know really being at the top of their game, but there are some holes to put to uh, what's the term poke as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's look at the next matchup. We got the Flint Tropics who are number seven in true shooting percentage, number nine in true shooting margin, number four in rebounding margin, number 10 in blocks. Um, and they are going up against the Cooperstown Gloves. So Cooperstown is number three in steals, and that is it. So uh, Flynn, you know, they're out of conference 18. They won their conference, and then they lost in the semifinals to... Uh, Paducah, um, who came up just short of being a really solid Waterloo team in the uh, championship. Giovanni Kennedy, um, he's their guy. He's, he's scoring 22 points on 63% true shooting. Kenneth Mayer is scoring 12 on pretty efficient shooting for Flint. Um, you know, and they just got a balanced roster. You know, they got a switch up Finley and Caesar Miller a little bit, trying to figure out. But Finley gets a lot of blocks, um, 3.1, uh, 1.4 steals. He looks like a defensive savant that can um, 
rebound a little bit. I'm not sure if he's a great rebounder. Maybe that's why he's switching him around. Um, but they're going up against Cooperstown, and um, we're was Jonathan Robbins the guy you were on last year? Um, yes, yes, absolutely. One 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 tie. Yeah. Yeah, he went to Cooperstown. So yes, I, I, mean, I noticed been, that. Yeah, and he's been playing great, uh, or like he doesn't shoot a ton, but like when he does, he should shoot, look at that. Look at his percentages. We counting the transfer. He can shoot for us. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's shooting fifty nine percent from the field. I uh, granted really bad, uh, like schedule. <laughs> like they, yeah. the, the only team they played was Allentown, who you know was, yeah. I mean, yeah, conference one regular season champ, but 83 power ranking. Yeah. Yep. But they lost to Hot Springs. Who, Hot Springs is a solid team. You know, they've they've had some success, but not as much this year. So um, this is a tough team to really um, get a get a handle on, you know. But you got Ethan Montez, who wants to take every shot he can so that Jonathan Robbins can't take any. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There are a few guys on this team who are shooting efficiently, as you say, against a bad schedule. But I mean, Sawyer, the point guard, only 8.5 points per 30, but he's at 60 plus percent true shooting as well. Uh, and then Sexton, the senior, the center, excuse me, is at 55 plus. So they definitely have some scorers. But yeah, it's, it's a little tough to get past their resume. Uh, just, you know, you look at their schedule and you want to find something to, you know, grab onto. And it's hard to find, you know, you go to pre the, the only game they played against a team in the top 80 was in preseason and they got destroyed by number 50 Buffalo 89 to 60. Now, you know, I get it. That's the first preseason game. It's a long time ago. It's just hard to figure out what else to look at, to figure out how good this team might, might be. Um, I am partial to Robbins. I think if he were to get some more shots, he could be uh, more effective. Uh, from my perspective, if we're talking about my former Max's, uh, Giovanni Kennedy also was a max. Hmm. Not not a one-one tie, but I think like a five-five or something. So yeah, a uh, couple real efficient scorers who uh, you know can can light it up when given the opportunity. Uh, but I, I think Flint is the better team here to yeah. chase. I think Kennedy is a, a you know probably the best player in the game. And uh, you think he's the best player in the game in oh, this in game. Flint versus Cooperstown, not in League 31. No, like, that would be that's that's, that would, that's a spicy take. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a stretch, uh, but he's good. You know, he can he can really score. He, you know, he's not great at other yeah. things, but he can certainly score. Uh, yeah. And Flint can make up for his you know questionable defense with the post defense that you already mentioned from Finley yeah. and Miller. So um, I don't think either. Good. Good. Flint's interesting. They had like a run for like ten years, I think, or so. Where I think they made a championship game once, um, but they've been pretty pretty down lately. You know, a lot of DTTs, RTTs, even some and some PTTs. You know, but last year they were in the RTT as a one seed. You know, they just they're back in the NTT for the first time since season sixteen. Um, so, I had forgotten about this early run for Flint. Yeah, season seven, they were a 13 seed and made it all the way to the title game where they lost to Culver City uh, and, and Sergio Brown, uh, which is something I could go on a rant about, but it's probably that that would be a case where it's really interesting to no one. So I can withhold. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, just something to think about. I mean, he's gotten back there. So let's look at the 4 13 matchup. We got the Aurora Roaring Rhinos going up against the St. Paul Saints. Um, Coach Blue somehow pulled out his butt. Uh, 
conference championship, regular season championship. I mean, he's got a he's got some talent on this team. You know, you see these classes, 97-37, So, like, you get those big gaps in there. You put Nicholas Atkinson in the starting lineup, and he's done okay, you know, pretty good. Antoine Hernandez, he's probably their best player. Um, but, you know, and then James Hall's a solid player, too. Uh, Aurora, you know, they're number 13 in the land. They got... I mean, they're really talented, one of the more talented teams. They haven't had a lot of NTCT success in a while, but um, Coach really put it together. He um, cha- he challenged himself a little bit this year. He went into the PNTT, played some really good teams. Um, and, you know, he, he, he took some lumps. He lost to two teams in Yakima and Huntsville, but he came back, beat a really solid Inglewood team, and then kind of – that kind of propelled him to go through conference 21, um, which, he, which he did pretty well in, and he ended up winning his last one to uh, eight games, um, including a 33-point uh, win over Boise today. So, um, yeah, two good teams. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I like, I like what this Aurora team's kind of doing um, this year, and, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, both of these teams had. Uh, I mean, it's not fair to say that Aurora struggled in the PNTT, but as you said, they lost two games in the regular season. They took their lumps, they, you know, which yeah, everyone for sure. The PNTT, you know, right, 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 right. Uh, and I was going to say St. Paul did as well. I mean, they yeah. went one and five in the PNTT, lost all three of the regular season games, um, but then came back and only lost to Rockford in their conference. After that, they had one other out, out of conference loss, but within conference fourteen only lost to Rockford. Uh, remember, remember last year we were looking at conference 14 and we were saying like, wow, Joplin won conference 14 regular season. We didn't see that yeah. coming. And there was another team in there. Was it Cleveland? Yeah. Cleveland was in the NTT. Yeah. That was two, two seasons ago. I don't know. This conference has fallen off a little bit. Um, it's interesting to see uh, Rockford and St. Paul are the mainstays in there. They're still there, but um, maybe not the same level of competition that they are used to, um, yeah. which I, I think to flip that as a positive, makes me think St. Paul's strength of schedule maybe is a little bit lower uh, than it could be. And some of these teams, like we talked about how conference two, maybe, maybe is like slightly overranked, maybe true of conference 10. I don't know. We'll see. The NCT will show us maybe conference 14 is like a tad underranked, you know, uh, because the St. Paul team does still have some talent, uh, a great coach who knows how to push the right buttons. And, uh, you know, I think Aurora, despite all the talent that they have on the page in terms of recruiting rankings, um, doesn't, you know, really intimidate me on the stat sheet. You know, this isn't a team that I look at and go, wow, I don't know how how they could lose. You know, uh, they have a, they've had a perfectly decent season. They have perfectly reasonable talent, but there's no superstar on the team. Uh, you know, their seen, you know, their center, senior center shoemate looks like their best player. Mm-hmm. You know, he's good. Uh, but I tend to think, you know, St. Paul and Coach Blue, you know, do a good job of uh, sort of turning the dials to beat, uh, you know, better teams or teams that are more talented. Certainly, historically, they've been able to do that. So I'm not going to be surprised at all to see an upset in this one. Yeah. Let's look at the 5-12 matchup. This is a team I'm pretty – this is an interesting matchup. This Des Moines team, it's, it's really got me interested because, you know, they've been – um, they've been pretty, they've been okay, you know, 
um, they've been in the PNTT pretty much every year and um, they've, they've done okay in it, but this year they just, they ran through it. They went six and oh, um, you know, beating some decent teams in there. And then you, you get into the regular season, you know, they lost to Ames, but this team's really put it together um, with that senior class. And a lot of times when you see a team put it together, it's because their senior class is really talented. And their senior class is ranked um, 6-12. They got Sebastian Evans and Christopher Godfrey. Those are their two best players by far. And uh, they seem to really be, yeah, they seem to be really thriving. Um, and then on the other side, you got a Clearwater team who, you know, they did pretty well. They made the PNTT playoffs. They were 5-1. and one. But then, like, stuff just got weird. They lost to Daytona and then, Things it looked like the season was kind of spinning out of control, um, and they they make it up in the in the uh, they lost to pretty much every top ten team they played. They lost to some other teams that they played that weren't that great, but in the uh, conference ten tournament they win two overtime games, one against Daytona, one against Clemson, and then they beat Ocala pretty convincingly. Um, you have to think this team's. I mean, Clearwater, we know, has really – they have talented players. I mean, Javante Reynolds, Dave Wilson, those two, uh, Nathan Hatchett, like, these guys know how to play. Um, yeah, are they peaking at the right time? It's a really interesting team, and Des Moines is just a team that I think is better than I think they should be. Um, I don't know if that makes sense or if that's disrespectful. Um but they've been playing really well this year. And, uh, yeah, I, I want to give them credit for that. They deserve credit, for sure. Great season. I think they're going to lose. I think Clearwater's going to beat them. Uh, I, and I don't know. I have a little bit of an irrational attachment to this Clearwater team when picking games in the NTT. I always lean their way if it's close at all. Uh, it was, was it last year or the year before? They were a 15, and they played that awesome two-seed Inglewood, and I picked them, mm -hmm. and then they lost by, like, two points or something like that. Yeah. So they, they were right there, and they just got through beating two top 10 teams, as you detailed for us. Uh, I think I, Des Moines is, is good. They've had a nice season. I don't think they're all, you know, that great, really. Um, I, I think Clearwater uh, I don't, is, is likely to win this game. Obviously, anything can happen. It's a random number generator or whatever. I'm not guaranteeing it, but uh, that's, that's who I would pick. Uh, I think Des Moines has had a nice run. I think they're, they're good. They've got a nice senior shooting guard and Christopher Godfrey who could have a really good game. Uh, but I, I don't think this is the team that you want to play as a, you know, a five seed that may be like a couple seed lines too high, just based on talent. Um, so I think it'll be a tough one. Do you think Dave Wilson should be shooting more? <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to argue with that take. Uh, I imagine that he's being asked to shoot more. I mean, with a 68.5% true shooting percentage, right? Uh, 23 points per 30 minutes. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think it would be a bad take if I were to say, no, no, he needs to hold on to it more and take fewer shots. Yeah, I mean, that's incredible. For it, a really it really like, is. It really is. Yeah. Uh, do they have, oh, I don't even know. Do we have, we have stats, individual stats, true shooting leaders in the country, but is that like, can you, yeah, there, he's the leader in true shooting percentage in the whole yep. country. There you go, number one. Yep. 
and he's scoring 22 points a game and only 14.3 shots. Like, it's just one of those things where it's like, man, like, they're only shooting 56% true shooting as a team. If he took a couple more shots and the other guys took a few less shots, um, <laughs> you know, that could be a lot more efficient. That's just the way I think. But, you know, it, sometimes it's easier said than done. Yeah, for sure. Guys don't always want to shoot. I mean, he's got five assists for 30 minutes, too. So, uh, you yeah, know. He seems to be okay, yeah, too. things work so. out well when he passes. Woo, man. <laughs> um, all right, let's look at this Macon-Fort Worth game. So, Macon's the two-seed, 17-1. and one. Um, Last year, they made the NTT loss in the first round. Uh, but, you know, you got Ethan Miller, the junior. Uh, Ian Roberts, the sophomore. You know, their classes don't look incredible, but they got guys they can feed, and those guys score. And the other guys pass really well. And this team this team just looks like, you know, they they rely on a couple guys, and they're going to force feed them. So, uh, you know, Fort Worth, on the other hand, you know, they got a six-foot um, small forward who seems to be doing okay, uh, eight and ten. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, but they got that junior class of Ethan Simmons and Ryan Sontag, um, two solid players. Uh, you know, not not a great team, but they won their conference twenty five tournament, um, being Laramie, and they also beat Dallas in the process, who won, um, who won their uh, conference tournament. Let me look real quick. Uh, Fort Worth is. Number five in three-pointers attempted, and that's it. And then Mayhem is number four in offensive rebounds, number five in steals. Ethan Miller's number six in game score. Um, yep, that's it. So, yeah, thoughts? So, a few things. Uh, eight and ten is really definitely sticks out. And, you yeah. know, what that means, they won the conference tournament, like you said. So, that means they were five and ten. Five and ten. And yep. now they're in the NTT. So good for them. Uh, Look at that game take, against Casper. Not just that game. That one's the most extreme, but also the first game against Casper. I was just going to, that was my next Ooh. point. Look at those two games. It's 51 to 40 in the first game. Cap, by the way, Casper, number 202 in the country. Casper took both games against Fort Worth. 51 to 40 and then 43 to 38 as the one that. Uh, I they have games where they score 100 to. points. It's like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Dallas. That's true. I mean, that one's two overtimes, I guess. Yeah. But still, I, that 43-38 game was not getting to 100 in a bunch of overtimes. Oh, man. That is uh, an ugly game. Wow. That's rough. I, so they got 30.2% from the field in that game. Yeah, I, I was seeing that. Uh, so I will not be picking them to win. I think just as a matter of principle, I, I don't see how I can pick them to win. It's fair to point out they have that consensus top 10 class, right, for the juniors. Yeah. Mu- much, much higher ranked class than any of Macon's four classes. Uh, so, you know, Ethan Miller was a stud though. Like he was like a five, five tie, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's been playing like it too. Like second team all league last year. Um, conference player of the year this year, like, like in, in high school, he played power forward 24.7 on 61.2% true shooting, nine rebounds, two assists. I mean, (laughs) he's good. (laughs) So what is up with that class ranking? That's a really weird one. I mean, it's not like he has bad hands. That's sometimes the explanation. 
but no, he's fine there. Maybe he does have bad hands. I mean, well, just... not according to the numbers, both in high school yeah, and yeah. now. I hear you. Maybe I hear he's you, just but... smart and he, he makes up for it. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. That's a strange one. Anyway, making really nice history in the NTT. Uh, made the Final Four as a 15 seed once. I think has had similar yep. runs, maybe not quite that great at other times. So, uh, you know, it's not like, you know, they, they get it done. I don't, I don't think it's a fluke. Um, it, tough question as to how far they can go. You can nitpick at some sure. of the games. Yeah. I, right. They, they beat Charlotte. They lost a close one to Clearwater, the team that I was just praising, although they've had their issues. Uh, so regardless, not going to pick the eight and 10 team. Good for them to kill more to get in, but I think Macon can, can get it done. All right. Let's look at the Rochester Seattle matchup. Um, Rochester Boy Geniuses, coached by Coach Jimmy Neutron, number 27, eighth strength of schedule. Um, you know, he made a switch early in the season when they were losing a lot of games. They lost their first four games, and since then they've only lost two, both to Mount Killier, who, you know, is is a good team. Look at all those overtime games, too. Like, they were four straight top ten teams to start the year. They also yeah. beat Mason in the exhibition by 26. Um, so that might be something to look forward to. To if they uh, if they can um, make it to the second round, but uh, Leon they moved uh, Leandro uh, Charles to point guard and it I'd say it's worked out pretty well. You know the freshman six seven, um, you know he's not shooting incredibly well, but he's he's doing great with uh, five point three assists, one point nine uh, steals, and only two point four turnovers, fifteen points. And then their other freshman, Joshua Green, uh, is lighting it up, 19.2 points. Um, this is a really big team, really tall. Uh, you know, like like normal Jimmy teams, they don't they don't shoot a ton of threes. They uh, are big, and they're gonna they're gonna mess with you a little bit. Um, the team they're going up against, Seattle, Coach Jaco, um, they got that great junior class um, with Chester Wise, Moses Bonar. Um, and yeah, they they went fifteen and three, um, lost to Anchorage and Yakima, and then Anchorage again um, won their conference tournament um, to make it here. You know they're they're really balanced. Um, they score from the post, which might be hard for um, Jimmy to defend. There's not a ton of teams in conference six that play like that. Uh, I'm not sure where Verna and Foster are defensively, but. Um, they're, they're pretty good. 1.3 and 1.4 steals, 3.3 blocks. So, uh, it, it looks like it could be a pretty good matchup. What do you think? I agree with that. I think these teams are relatively even and it could be, could be a close one for sure. Um, a couple of good players for Seattle, certainly to point out, you talked about Wise and Bonar Westling, Westling, the senior center has some really nice numbers. Yeah. Uh, really yeah. yeah, very balanced. Um, so Certainly, you know, these teams definitely get their scoring from different places. It's, I think, relatively even. One, you know, nice, great-looking class, great-looking hardwood class for each team, right? I mean, Rochester has the 632 freshmen. Seattle has the 845 juniors. So I, I don't see a lot of distance between these two teams, but I am really intrigued by the point you made about Rochester having blown out Macon in the preseason. So you got to figure Macon is rooting for Seattle in this game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, to be to be fair, Macon had a different starting point guard in that game, yeah. so they do have a different lineup than they used. And so did Rochester. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So things things are different. Who knows? Uh, but still, ninety-two to sixty-six kind of sticks out. 
Um, so I don't have a strong feeling as to who the better team my is in this one, but go ahead. My only thought about Seattle is who they beat. And, you know, they beat Yakima twice. Um, and that's kind of it. Like, they lost to Anchorage. Like, they, you know, they haven't really been tested. No, that doesn't mean they're bad, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. But um, it's just something to, it's just something to consider. You're right. You're right. They have the split against Anchorage, or excuse me, the split with Yakima, and they lost both to Anchorage. And those are their, or they, I guess they beat Yakima two out of three, and then they yeah. lost both to Anchorage. So against top 100 teams, that's really all, all they have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, two wins, three losses, I think. So not great. Rock, no, Rock, is technically uh, a top 100 team, but. Oh, are they one zero? Yeah. Okay. I was looking for two digits, but yeah, they're exactly. Yeah, 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 and yeah, even yeah. that game, right? Even that game. 75-73. So, yeah, I, you're kind of convincing me to lean Rochester's way, given that resume. I mean, it would be I, – I am hesitant to ding teams for not – just not beating anybody because sometimes you don't play anybody. But their record against teams that are in the top 100 uh, is pretty shaky, whereas Rochester's is better. So um, they yeah. probably should be the favorite. Yeah. Um, let's look at the – uh, three fourteen matchup. We got the Harrisburg Warriors against the Colorado uh, Springs Marmonts. Uh, so Harrisburg, you got Timothy Smith, their senior. He's shooting sixty one point three percent true shooting, twenty seven point nine points per game. Uh, he gets one point seven steals, only one point three turnovers. I mean, this guy, this guy does it all, you know, and. He's playing against some of the best, um, the best teams out there. They got Anthony Davis, the short one, um, not the, not the yeah. guy who plays with LeBron. So you know, sometimes when he's healthy, yeah, yeah. So you don't have to worry about health with this guy. So that that's helpful. Um, but he's also yeah. not as defensive. Never, player. never, never missed a game. This Anthony Davis, I believe. So yeah, <laughs> impressive. Not that we know. Of. I mean, number one week, players just get hurt in old TTL. Oh yeah, for sure, absolutely. What quick vote? Would you want to bring that back, or do you like the way it is now? I liked it. So, I've had—I don't know—I remember this happening. I don't remember who did it, but there was a player that like got hurt. That was bad. Like it was a bench player. Oh then, yeah, I've heard of this. Yeah, go ahead. And he started him every game, so that he only had a nine-man lineup. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You play I, yeah. like a minute or two. And, um, Just hop, hobble out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Ar- <laughs> it's arguably kind of inhumane, right? The guy, yeah, the guy's but it's on also like, I mean, in the in a in a simulated basketball game, it's such a good strategy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's like, oh, like I basically have three unnees because. <laughs> I feel like we need to explain this a little bit for anybody who wasn't around back then. So like the condition, but there was a condition, right? And everybody's condition was at 10 most of the time. Sometimes it would go down to nine from fatigue or whatever. You could think about resting the guy. But if it went down to three or four, that meant the guy was hurt. And you had to put him on NA for like two games. Uh, And then you go back to 10. Yeah, exactly. But as uh, our fearless host is saying, if you chose not to do that and actually started him, then he would never recover. He would remain injured throughout the whole season. And so that's why that strategy worked. His backup could come in and play 39 minutes or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but it, yeah, anyway, let's, let's talk about the game. I'm sure these coaches are like, yeah, I'm glad they're talking about this thing that doesn't exist. 
<laughs> um, you know, you got uh, Harrisburg with their guards, tough strength of schedule. Colorado, very bad strength of schedule. But they have some solid players, you know, Jorge Wright, uh, Eugene Thompson, uh, Bryce uh, DeWeezy. Um, you know, they, you know, pretty much everyone in their starting lineup, you know, can score other than Chad Mayberry. And that guy, I mean, he's just, he's the distributor. Five assists, 2.1 turnovers. Maybe not the best defender, though. Um, doesn't look great. So maybe that's the weak link there. I'm not sure. Hard to say when you play literally nobody. I mean, they played Idaho Falls mm-hmm. twice, and they beat them, well, three times. And they beat them all three times. But they lost to Twin Falls. They lost to Helena. They lost to Springfield in overtime. Um, they did beat Carson City, who you are very high on. Um, in the in the first game of the exhibition, but See, I told I told you Carson City's not what they used to be. Go ahead. Yeah, I got Harrisburg rolling here. Yeah, uh, Harrisburg is a fascinating team to me, and I want to start with first of all, you talked about how Colorado Springs has maybe a weak link defender at small forward. Well, yeah. that's a big problem. That's a big problem <laughs> against Harrisburg. Yeah, Timothy Smith is scoring twenty eight points a game at small forward. Uh, and I think that's going to be really challenging to stop him. But I want to talk more about Timothy Smith. So he's a guy who I remember as like a 2-2 tie. I wasn't in it, but he was a a prominent player from Conference 2, attracted some attention, chose to stay in conference, and then this Harrisburg coach must not have been active for his first two seasons. If you go take a look at Timothy Smith's career, he was a backup power forward for two seasons, just toiling on the bench, scoring five points a game, basically, freshman and sophomore year. You know, shot a good percentage. The potential was there, but never got the chance to play. Then their coach must have checked back in, showed up, uh, and Smith, you know, stayed ready, waited for his opportunity. Last year, got to start as a junior, scored 22 points a game, and now he's up to almost 28. So, I mean, it's almost like, you know, saving all those shots as a freshman and a sophomore allowed him to score more as a junior and a senior. I don't know. Uh, yeah. could be another genius strategy along the lines of the one we were just discussing. But uh, more seriously, just, just well, go ahead. I was just going to say the, co- the coach treats you like crap. You get in the gym to prove him wrong. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a really bizarre career for Timothy Smith. Uh, it's one of those yeah. guys where it's like, oh, like, I, if he would have been on my team, he would have played right. so much. And it's like, why is he an A in him? <laughs> Yeah, I even think there may have been a post about that. I'm trying to search for it on the message boards, but the search function isn't working for me. I can't find it. But I think someone complained about that very thing. I don't remember who it was, but uh, I believe that happened. So anyway, now he's in there and doing everything that people always said he could do uh, and leading this Harrisburg team to a great record. Uh, I agree that they are likely to win this game. I don't think Colorado Springs can hang. Uh, But because they are a three seed, I want to talk about their prospects beyond that. And I would have some skepticism. Uh, I think Harrisburg has some real issues defending in the backcourt. You know, you can take a look at Davis and Garner and their defensive numbers are, are almost non-existent. Um, and I think that'll be a problem for them when they start to play against better teams. And they also rely, you know, a lot on Smith scoring. Uh, Davis can score two for sure. Uh, but, you know, we talked earlier about how conference two might be just a tad overranked and, Harrisburg has done it all year. They have really, you know, shown that they can compete. You know, they, they beat New York city and Worcester twice, uh, which is really impressive. I mean, those two teams are in the top eight. Worcester is number one in the country, despite the fact that Harrisburg beat them twice, 
which is another another question whether they should be. Uh, but you know, so that's you know, those are and that's an impressive set of wins for sure. And as I said, I think they'll win this game. But I don't I don't know. It's hard for me to really buy them as a true contender. Yeah, yeah. So I looked it up. The reason it was going to be slow was because there's a lot of there's another guy named Timmy Smith was that was oh pretty- yeah. Um, from Conference 24. Anyway, uh, you said, well, Tao, Tao said something about, like, Sacramento not maybe his coach was inactive, and you're like, this makes me wonder how many inactive coaches there are in League 30. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. So, so I'm the one that pointed it out. <laughs> and the Harrisburg coach currently wasting your max, Timothy Smith, are two clear examples. The dead giveaway is that these three freshmen, for those, are slotted in the same lineups. Um and then Tao says, very fair point. Either way, I hope Smith doesn't waste four years on the bench. Would be a starter for the Whippersnappers. There you uh, go. So, and then you said, huh, I, I know, you know what? I think you're right about Harrisburg. I thought I had checked Harrisburg a while back and saw that all three freshmen slide into the roles the seniors have vindicated. You have such a good memory. You must be a lawyer or something. Uh, something. I mean, I was me who posted it, as it turns out. I was saying people posted about it, so I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, interesting, interesting. So, okay. I don't know. We. Uh, I wish we... Now, this is another coach we need to have on the podcast. We need yeah. uh, Shane, Shane1969 to figure out what really happened. I mean, who knows? Maybe Smith was, like, suspended for two seasons, you know, like partial suspension. Yeah. Got to stay on the bench. Who knows what was going on there? He was a 3-3, according to Tao. Um, so, yeah, solid player. Um, anyway, back to back to basketball, right? Yeah. Okay, so we will uh, finish up with the 6-11 matchup. We got the San, San Antonio Trevadars going up against the Albuquerque Atomics. Um, San Antonio 13 and 5, 19. They won coverage 24, lost in the semifinals and the constellation third place game in coverage 24. Um, Christian Stewart has played a lot better this year. He's been really stepping it up for him as a point guard. Um, Ethan Filder and Joseph Pruitt. Uh, they're, this is another one of those teams that it's like, okay, we're going to have two guys that in the starting lineup that just don't score. Um, Cameron mm-hmm. Gerald comes off the bench, and uh, he's he's a guy that kind of lights it up, scoring 14 points per game in only 18 minutes. Whew, that's a lot. Um, but probably also not playing the toughest competition when doing that. So um, they are going up against Albuquerque with your, your favorite guy, right? Yeah, sure. Mo, <laughs> Big Mo. Big Mo, Muhammad Williams. Uh, that clearly... Uh, he hasn't played as well this year, but he's still 55.2% true shooting on 18.8 points per game, um, playing good defense. Cameron Jamison, he's shooting 53.2% true shooting, 18.7 points per game, 12.8 rebounds. Whew, that's a lot. Um, Albuquerque struggled early, you know, um, and then they had another little lull throughout the uh, the middle of their schedule, um, but kind of picked it up late. Uh I think they got one of the last at-large bids. No, they won conference uh, 32, actually. So, um, But they were in range. You're right to say they would have gotten an at-large with this power ranking if they needed it. Yeah. So they, I mean, lots of, they won the conference with four losses, which that's pretty rare. Um, but, you know, Pasadena also did, and they got the tiebreaker, I believe, is how that worked. Um, it could have been more teams, but 
I don't have time. Yeah, I, th- I think I think you're right. So, but solid conference overall. Um, this should be a fun matchup. Uh, yeah, I'm really in- interested to see. Uh, can Stuart, Ke- Stuart Kelly looks like a really good defender. How's he going to do against a guy like Muhammad Williams? Um, yeah, what, and obviously San Antonio is just really talented uh, overall. Uh, Albuquerque, their classes aren't ranked that high, but, you know, um, this coach gets it done. And, you know, we all know Cameron Jameson and Muhammad Williams um, are really solid players, whatever the ratings say they are. Right. Uh, so I, I have a lot of thoughts about this one. First of all, these teams played in the regular season and San Antonio beat them 87 to 74. So okay. we can we can start there. Right. As as an, a point of analysis might not go the same way, but worth mm-hmm. noting, worth noting, at least for sure. San Antonio had a Real slightly different, different lineup, but yes. Yeah. San Antonio had a different lineup. Uh, Albuquerque, I think, had the same starting lineup. Morris Williams, Nowicki, Hood, they James. Did. So. Yep. Yeah, so that's interesting. You wonder whether Filder who went two for fourteen, or yeah, Filder went two for fourteen, and then he started Jacobs instead of um... Kelly, who's in there now. Yeah. I think, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and Jacobs has been a starter in the past, so I'm not surprised that he was there earlier this year. Uh, but my my larger point is about Albuquerque. Uh, you know, we've talked before about how I like Muhammad Williams. I think he's he's a really good player, but unfortunately, he really has seen a dip in his play this year. Uh, you know, his numbers are good, but last year they were really good or even great. And I tend to attribute that dip to the fact that they lost their starting senior point guard, Austin Mm. Neal, who had 10 and a half assists a game last year. Uh, You know, and sometimes that maybe doesn't mean as much as, as it can other times, but this is an Albuquerque team that made the elite eight last year at the NTT. Uh, And they didn't have great ranked classes then either. You know, they yeah. had a 58-77 senior class, hardwoods, sim hoops. Uh, those guys left, and, you know, now all the classes are ranked in the 90s or worse. Uh, but when they had Neil at point guard, this whole thing worked. You know, Williams was way more efficient. Jameson was doing what he was doing. Uh, it just was a team that was much better than the sum of its, of some of its parts. And I don't see that same team this year, you know. I think Conference 32 had a bit of a down year. It's true they're ranked 12th, so I can't call it a bad conference, but uh, there just wasn't really anybody there that was willing to grab the conference and take it. So Albuquerque, you know, uh, you know, earned it, but it wasn't like they had to beat some great teams to get there. Uh, so I, I don't think, unfortunately, that this Albuquerque team is where it was last season. And I think San Antonio is strong. I think they are better than they were last year. Um, or at least was that last year when San Antonio won the PNTT and then just struggled ever? They after went that? to the they went to the finals. Final lost to Montpelier. So. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah. Uh, so far, and you're like, this is an indictment on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. This is a referendum. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, and then they didn't they didn't make it work. San Antonio. They won one game. They yeah. Lost all all the rest of their games. I think right. Uh, or almost all. Yep. They must have won one thirty one in the NTT. Yep. So, but I, I like them this year. I think, I think they're, they're doing well. Um, yeah. You know, I, in general, I, I like conference matchup could be really interesting in the second round. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think they're going to be a tough out. And although Nicholas Herrera doesn't score much in the starting lineup, uh, I don't think he's like completely chopped liver. I feel like you could give them a little something unlike Kelly, who isn't going to score much. So it's true. They have two non-scorers. Uh, but as you pointed out, Jarrell comes in, he's playing, you know, 20 minutes a game. Almost. He scores 20. 
Yeah, 23 points per 30. So that's just the way they're doing that. I, I like the San Antonio team. I, I think they're uh, a solid favorite in this one. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's. I'll go through my picks. Then you can. Uh, I got Ann Arbor going over Flint. I got Aurora over um, Clearwater. I got Rochester over Macon, and then I got San Antonio over Harrisburg. Um, I got San Antonio beating Rochester to go to the Elite Eight. Um, on the top half, I have Aurora taking down Ann Arbor, um, and I'm going to take Aurora to go to the Final Four. Okay, good, because I think I'm going to take San Antonio to go to the Final Four, so I'm glad we're not going to just repeat, you know, I'm not going to just copy you. I, yeah. think this is a, I think this is a weak region, uh, and I haven't looked at one and two, candidly. We just covered three. I think three is stronger than this one. Um, I think Ann Arbor is good, but as we talked about when we covered them, you know, they've had a lot of close games. They're vulnerable. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's the right word for sure. They're vulnerable. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't see teams on that top half that I really have a lot of confidence in to beat them. Like, I, I think there's a pretty good chance Clearwater gets through in that little pod there. Uh, and I don't know that they really have the talent, especially in the front court to hang with a team like Ann Arbor. Yeah. Um, I, I think Flint is at least a little bit interesting. Um, you know, could they, could they be the team that knocks off Ann Arbor? I think it's possible. Um, with a guy like Kennedy, he could get hot. They have the post defense that you would want to stop Henley and Tucker. Um, so that is a team that I would keep my eye on, but I just, I don't see a lot of teams that, you know, in this conference, in this region that really look final four worthy to me. So I, you know, I have my eye on San Antonio for sure to come out of that bottom. I, I agree. San Antonio over Harrisburg. Uh, I would give Macon uh, through in that pod. I, I think even though they don't have the talent, uh, their, their coach has shown that he can win in the NTT. I think they get there. Before they lose again, though, like the same twenty, they'd be in by twenty six. So. Yeah, this is a fair point. Uh, that's true. That's true. I'll stick with Macon, but you're right. Uh, Clearwater and St. Paul. I already said I think they beat the five and the four seed, uh, and I like Flint. So I, you know, I it's it's hard for me to see who is going to beat Ann Arbor before San Antonio does, but I'm not going to be all that surprised if they do go down to uh, Flint or Clearwater type. Yeah. Cool. Well. Um, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we'll do Regions 1 and 2 um, tomorrow.